Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name is Ashley Brandt. And my name is Brooke Marine. And we are going to be talking about Season 12, Episode 5 of Keeping Up episode with the Kardashians, five. entitled Fake It Till You Make It. Before we get into that, there is actually surprisingly little IRL news uh, for these past two weeks. Uh, of course, the big ticket item is that Rob and China's show was officially announced. It's going to be on E. I believe it's going to be eight parts. Um, Rob and Black China are listed as executive producers as well as Chris Jenner. You called it. I mean, what was that, two <sighs> episodes ago? You definitely called it. And I said yeah. that I didn't want them to have one, but it's, I mean, it's out of my control. It's out of my hands now, so... I mean, I'm excited. I I want to see what they do with this. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, see see Rob and Black China's love. I am too. Awesome. Chris is really good at figuring out ways to spin this entire family and sort of not reinvent, but you know, give us give the people she gives the people what they want, and I have to hand it to her. She's exactly. She's so enterprising. Um, and if you want to hear a little bit about uh, Rob and Black China's astrological compatibility, we got into that on the astrology bonus episode that should be released before this episode if I edit it in time. I'm excited to listen to that because I don't know anything about astrology except for my own sign, which is Virgo. And so I'd like to... Oh my God, you're such a Virgo. <laughs> I'd like to, um, you know, expand my horizons and hear about... Rob and China and the rest of everyone else's astrological oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. We got into some some deep shit. But uh, speaking of getting into shit, uh, Kim visited the Snapchat headquarters. Thank God. Which was actually great and adorable. I love when she makes public appearances like that. And she's just like really sweet and like seems to be having a lot of fun. She's I don't she, know. It's like when she visited um, Glue Mobile. Well, she also had she also had the Lumi team visit her this week, I think, because um, people mm-hmm. apparently apparently enough people are buying Lumi phone cases that there are knockoffs, so they have to reinvent their look. But I really I love that she visited Snapchat. Like, first of all, I love that she requested a Dalmatian dog filter, and then like yes. two days later it happened. And then of course she's visiting Snapchat. I mean, we're still waiting on that edit button for Twitter. I, I mean, personally, I'm not, but I know other people are. And she has to be in meetings with them, too, I'm sure. But, like, I just love that, Sna- I just love I that Snapchat, so. like, welcomed her with open arms. And that she was so down to I earth. Know. And she was just hanging out with normal people. And I just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming up soon. Yeah, absolutely. They had those special filters for her. I don't know. It was so precious. It was precious. Another cute thing that 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 happened on Snapchat. This is not really news at all. But Memorial Day, Kim snapped from the park with her and North and Saint and Kanye, and she and North were like hanging out. And then she panned over to where Kanye and Saint were both asleep. I know, and <laughs> and then they had to leave because like kids kept. I guess since from the time that she posted that Snapchat, within like 15 minutes, paparazzi and fans were there, which is just crazy to me. But then she was like, yeah, there's kids with a bunch of Pablo merch and they keep following us, asking him to sign it, which is just, I really want one of those, I feel like Pablo shirts, but I mean, I don't know. They probably cost like $200, so I can't really, yeah. I can't really swing that right now. Also, I'm, I'm clearly a poser and i'm fake because i've already admitted that it's not my favorite album <laughs> <laughs> real as hell i will be first in line for pablo merch on this podcast oh and it was kanye's but, um, birthday it was kanye's birthday the other day yes it is gemini season oh my god people keep having birthdays and i'm like i knew i couldn't trust you oh my god you're so right that's true i mean well north is coming up next june 15th am i right so next week yes but north has north has a little something extra in her natal chart that makes me feel a little better about trusting her her moon is actually in virgo wait north is only two years old she's turning three 
I thought she was. T- She's turning three. Yeah. I thought she was turning four. Oh my god. No, she's only as old as Jesus. <laughs> That's so true. I completely forgot. Wait, I want to know how old Blue Ivy is now. She's four. She's older. Because Penelope's almost five? Yeah. I believe so. Wait, did I get North's age wrong? Because I might have. No. Okay. Blue Ivy turned four in January. North is turning three next week. Cannot wait for those social media updates. Um, and I yes. think Penelope will be turning five this year. Okay. I mean, who cares? And I'm just happy birthday, Northwest. No, honestly, it's it's like a national holiday to me personally. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about fake it till you make it, um, where we're gonna see some. Similar themes arise, Ari Snapchat, specifically when Chloe Kendall and Kylie put on a bunch of prosthetic makeup and go on a star tour while trying to fly under the radar. I don't know. I love that they did this. I like love that Kylie is complaining about being so famous that she can't just like get out the car and no one look at it. No one would look at her. Because it's so clear that that's not something that Kylie is very concerned with. That's some, I believe if Kendall would have said that and had that line, yeah. I would have believed it because she clearly, you know, does not like to be in the spotlight as much as her sisters, or at least not in the same way. And yeah, it's totally unbelievable that Kylie would be complaining about like wanting to be normal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like the thing is for Kylie, this is normal. Exactly. She's you know, the youngest one. Like she's she's never had she's never had a normal life. She's all she's been there. Yeah. You know, after the, you know, Nicole Brown Simpson stuff, after, you know, like she by the time that she entered the world, they were already, you know, richer than they were when Kim and uh Courtney were kids. And Mm-hmm. definitely famous at that point like she's grown up in the spotlight so for her to complain about wanting to be normal makes no sense but like i love that no. i love that she went all the way with the prosthetics or well chloe went all the way she just put on like a nose and some fake tattoos but i think it was funny no these are these are the shenanigans that i wanted and from the second that they snapchatted from that bus, I was like, I can't wait for this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and this episode, and I, you know, once again, I've said this before, but this episode really does speak to the power of social media because, so they go to Subway, nobody notices them, someone, like a paparazzo figured out that it was Kendall with them, and then all of a sudden more paparazzi show up. So they get on the Hollywood Star Tour, which is great. I've never done one, but I would totally go on one if I could. And they get on the. Oh my god! I would go with I you. Would total, oh, I would. I would live. I would get my life from that sort of tour. If Star Tours, if they sponsored us and like gave us a bunch of free shit, I would. I don't even care. I would. I would sing their praises all the live long day. But like, they get okay. But also, we could do our own Star Tour. We could go to that place where the Kardashians get their salads. I have to go. We could go to Gunner's Gym, Gunner Fitness. We could go to Chin Chin. There are so many destinations. Star Tours hit us up for this this sponsorship deal. Oh my god, wouldn't it be so cool if we like went on a Star Tour sponsored tour of Hollywood, but like only Kardashian themed and we recorded the whole thing and we had the podcast. Ugh, I have so many good ideas right now. Yes. I know, I know. Okay. That let's keep that in our back pocket because I think this is a great idea. (laughs) But no, yeah, I thought it was funny, and I think that like this just again speaks to the power of social media because the paparazzi, Kylie knew that if they took photos of her and released them first, then they'd make a lot of money off of it, and so for her to sort of like diminish their power, she decided well i guess i'm gonna snapchat this so that they can't get the first look and i thought that was such a treat i felt like i was you know right there with them when i saw that stuff on snapchat yes 
Uh, I loved every second of it. Also, so funny because, okay, through that whole scene, Chloe's saying, oh my god, it's old Kylie, it's old Kylie, because she used to have a more, I don't know, I don't want to say hot topic style, but like, kind of, yeah, right? I mean, like a late emo, you know, yes. kind of look. Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like also Kylie would have worn <laughs> Yes. Yes, you are right. Um, I was really feeling her during that phase. I was like, I remember that period in my life. And you're you're wearing it well, Kylie. But um, the other thing, though, is that her whole getup in this scene looks like Stalker Sarah. Yeah. I mean, the tattoos, the fake tattoos, the little gauges... For anyone who doesn't know, Google Stalker Sarah right now. She, her whole deal is just taking photos with celebrities, um, and she always has the same look. It's like these the, these bangs, these glasses, very like Kylie's look in this episode. Don't you think that Stalker Sarah kind of looked like Paris Jackson though? Yes. <laughs> Like, remember when Paris Jackson kind of looked like that? I mean, she cut all her hair off and dyed it blonde, but, like... No, I think you're very right. I remember that period of of Paris Jackson style. But... And, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that really was Kylie's look. Kendall's, Kendall clearly didn't try that hard. No. She was also very... She seemed to be very embarrassed by it for whatever reason. <laughs> She really was. She was like really like- into it. And then they went out and she was like, no, you guys, we have to turn back. And it's just, I don't know. It's really funny that she would feel embarrassment like this. I don't know. I, I just feel like at this point, how could that embarrass you? It's so funny. Everyone must know that you're doing it for a reality show, that you're doing it for a scene. Yeah. Well, and also like... Again, she didn't try that hard to disguise her appearance. She had, like, a nose, a wig, and a belly. Like, she still very much looked like Kendall. Yeah, I mean, Chloe's the one who went all the way. She did the accent. She had a little cane. She got age spots. Uh, like, yes. But do you... Chloe is so fun. She is the most fun Kardashian. I'm sorry. She just I is. Know. This was the best of Chloe. This is, like, why Chloe was everyone's favorite Kardashian and probably still is most people's favorite Kardashian at this point. Like, she's hilarious. She's down to do silly stuff. She'll go all the way. Like, and this was just a throwaway idea she had. She wasn't even serious about it. So, like, but she went I really appreciate all in. that, you know, she went all the way. Yeah, which I admire so much as someone who is never willing to go all in on anything. Oh, no, 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 no. I am the Kendall in and that that's scenario. I my <laughs> Same, and that's why I want my reality TV to be filled with shenanigans because I'm not going to participate in these shenanigans. I need to watch other people get paid to participate in shenanigans and, like, I requested this a few weeks ago that they could just like turn up the dial on the silly factor a little bit and they turned it up all the way this episode and I'm so pleased. (sighs) Yes, I am all about it. I am all about it. I do want to point out the ridiculousness though of saying that they want to be low key, they want to fly under the radar, they don't want anyone to notice them, but there is a camera crew following them and I don't know what form the camera crew took but based on the quality of the shots they got in the Star Tour itself um, and the fact that they did not even address the how they planned on, like, disguising the fact that they had a camera crew with them, I want to say that it was pretty obvious from the start that I they know, were not well, who they thinking, said they were. Right, because, okay, so, they, so Kendall, Kylie, and Chloe each were carrying video cameras but like you know they could pass that off as we're just tourists whatever whatever but then on the top of the star tours truck like near where that guy was driving they had to have put a gopro up there i mean maybe they talked to him and got his permission to put a gopro up and we're like hey like can we film this you know Mm -hmm. which i'm sure he would have said yes regardless and then The one thing, though, is that when they first got on, the three people in the front, the guy on the right looked like he maybe 
was like a bodyguard in disguise, but like, because he didn't laugh and he was alone, which is weird. Right. But there were two girls sitting next to him and they were kind of like, what's going on? Like, who are these people? They were whispering. And then when they got off, Kendall was like, bye guys, sorry, hope we weren't too annoying. And they, you know, but they had sunglasses on. So like maybe they were paid participants as well. Yeah. I'm just, I really want to know who, who was part of the crew and who was like a normal person (laughs) on this star tour. That's so real. I mean, they also must have all been mic'd to get, like, the audio quality, but they're always mic'd, so I suppose that's not that hard to hide. I just think there has to have been some kind of tip-off that we, as, like, the reality TV show audience couldn't see, but that was really salient to at least the paparazzi. I even wonder if they were using, like, the same crew that they do in their normal day-to-day shooting of the show, and I wonder if that's even kind of a red flag for the paparazzi yeah i mean they all they they all have um you know their 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 paparazzi that they like to work with and that they like to tip off and who work for different um i guess like agencies or whatever Mm -hmm. and i swear to god the only reason i know this is because recently i was just reading a post on pop culture died in 2009 um, because they just did an interview with Spencer Pratt. Oh. And it's actually, I really recommend reading this. I should have sent it to you. I'll send it to you right now. Yes, please. It's pretty insightful. It's pretty insightful. Spencer, you know, spilled some tea about how he and Heidi, you know, worked with certain paparazzi agencies or whatever to get certain photos taken of them and how Heidi handles fame differently than he he has handled mm-hmm. fame and how basically if there was no social media, the Kardashians would not get as far as they are today. Totally. Um, as far as they've gotten. Because the thing is that because we don't have the same level of tabloid-type scandals as we did up until around 2009 or 2010 when Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat became this big thing because now it's like, and you can see this at play in this episode, but everyone tells on themselves with their social media. So like Mm -hmm. Kylie knew that if she could just, you know, okay, the ruse is up. I'm just going to Snapchat this whole experience. I'm telling on myself, the paparazzi have no power now Mm -hmm. or they have, you know, less power. Right. This is all because of social media and like the immediacy of being able to see inside of these people's lives. And like, we don't have to go through as many layers or levels or hoops to see who they really are, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. But yeah, it's a really good interview. Pop culture died in 2009.tumblr.com. If you're listening, please contact us because we would love to have you <laughs> on this show. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that I know that the person who runs that blog is not a huge fan of the Kardashians, but I would be happy to talk about Paris Hilton, any kind of like historical celebrity culture knowledge, um, because I'm such an admirer of that blog. Oh, totally. And I think like I have no idea who that person is. I don't know anything about them except for that they're about 18 years old, which is amazing considering the fact that (laughs) they must have been like i don't know in like elementary school when a lot of this stuff was going down not that we're that much older but i think it's just cool that they recognize the importance of the aughts in terms of tabloid culture Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that was right around when i was getting into celebrity culture and tabloids and i even feel like i missed out on a lot just not not even realizing how much was going on and how much it was like an everyday breaking thing at that point in time. Right. Like, I feel like if I had been born 10 years earlier, I would really have been able to see the scope of that whole situation. But like, I remember watching like The Simple Life and like all of those things and like the real world and stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized how big it was. And I think that like, even when, even in terms of like actual tabloids, like you don't see as many as you used to yeah. in the supermarkets, or at least like I feel like they have to be losing money. I'm not sure, but I like, feel like who's buying them because we have the internet. So, like, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I remember, like, 
I would be in line at the grocery store with my mom and I would have to read like the headlines on every single tabloid while we were waiting. And I would like, I was like a child at this time. I would like hold other people up and my mom would get so mad at me. No, it's really crazy. And I actually wish that I knew more about the history of the tabloid and celebrity culture. I recently watched a documentary on Netflix called Tabloid, which I also recommend. Yes, I watched that right after you snapped me. That was the wildest shit. I mean, it's an Errol Morris documentary, so it's pretty glossy. But I mean, I think that, you know, aesthetic really works with the... uh, with the content of that film, because that was oh for sure maybe the craziest thing I've watched in a few months. Um, and I recently found like some scholarly work about tabloid history and celebrity culture, but unfortunately, there just I don't think there's been as much research and literature on the subject as there should be. Yeah, I would be really curious to see the discourse surrounding tabloids you know, in, in maybe like half a century or so mm, once it yeah. really starts to get historicized and there's like more distance to study it. Um, just because right now I think tabloids and celebrity culture are regarded as such low culture, even though there's so much interesting, I don't know, sociological a phenomenon like wrapped up in tabloid culture it's so interesting and i mean it's the reason why people like the kardashians exist as they are and like whether i i i really think and i know like you're probably you're on the same page about this but like so many you know generally people who are older than us they just think that there. I just don't think that there is such a distinction, or there should be such a distinction between high and low culture. And oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, people people get paid to be you know Victorian scholars, and they write about dime novels and pulp fiction, and it's like, well, at the time, those were just rags too, you know. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I wish, I wish yeah. more people were were on this. Not that we need yeah, like, and honestly, academics to legitimate, you know, to make it legitimate, but right. still, it's it's a I'm, it's part of discourse. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I want to make kind of an inflammatory statement, and I want to say that people who don't take low culture, like quote unquote low culture, seriously as like um, something to be studied, I think are often the least interesting people that I talk to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people who just lean on the cannon and they're like, yeah, so like, (laughs) why aren't you reading Faulkner? I don't know, because Faulkner's dead and I read him like five years ago. Like, (laughs) just a thought. No, I know. I'm, I agree. They're boring. They're boring. Yeah. But I want to reverse engineer a little bit and go back to tabloids and paparazzi because I remember this is again when I was just getting into celebrity culture. I remember seeing something on VH1 where they were talking about how Jennifer Aniston, this is when she was still with Brad Pitt, would wear the same pair of orange cargo shorts and like a white top like every day in order to um, to make the the shots that the paparazzis were getting. Yeah, less valuable because they appeared to be the same shot over and yeah. over again. Daniel Radcliffe did and the same thing. Yes. Um, and it's just so interesting that um, I don't know that social media has like really circumvented that in, in any way. But I think that perhaps just because social media has, I think, brought down the overall value of tabloid pictures that doesn't seem to be as much of a practice among celebrities anymore, purposefully ruining paparazzi shots. But I mean, there are still celebrities who aren't on social media. And I think that there is um, a higher economy around those paparazzi shots. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd rather see a selfie, a video inside of Kylie Jenner's bathroom than like, Oh yeah. Watching her get out the car to get a salad, you know, like, it's yeah it, it not that not that paparazzi photos and tabloid pictures are devalued but they're definitely there's they hold much less value now for sure mhm 
Um, another interesting... Okay, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you remember when Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone were at dinner together and then they were being photographed and then they came out with these, like, cardboard signs about, yes. like, some kind of environmental cause and they were just like, don't pay attention to us while also holding these signs in front of their faces that, like, had a lot of text on them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I did remember. you think of that? Uh... Well, they stopped doing it, I think, pretty... Well, I mean, they're broken up now, but, like, I remember mm-hmm. they did that for, like... I feel like that was a thing for maybe, like, a month or so. Like, they were photographed, and they'd be like, you know, donate to this homeless shelter or to this cause or whatever. We, don't pay attention to us, you know, to sort of, like, send a message through the paparazzi photos, but I don't... I just... I don't know. I don't think that that was that effective. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like it was It was really performative activism. It's like sharing mm-hmm. a... Fa- like sharing a post on Facebook without donating to the organization. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It was kind of like the IRL equivalent of that. That's true. And I, I, I remember feeling kind of annoyed by that. And then, of course, that got a lot of, like, you know traction online people were sharing images of that on facebook being like oh exactly these celebrities are here for a good cause and like paparazzi are ruining the world and blah 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 and like i don't know it's yeah not my cup of tea i agree and as much as i think there should be tighter regulations on paparazzi especially like paparazzi and children for sure it's definitely possible to avoid the paparazzi. Going back to that Kerry Washington article uh, on BuzzFeed that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kerry Washington's daughter has, like, never been photographed. But we also don't know the lengths to which Kerry Washington has gone to protect her daughter from the paparazzi. So I guess that's kind of the unknown factor in this. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know how difficult that's been for Kerry Washington. I'm assuming it's been difficult because I think back to, like, again, when, like, Paris Jackson and Prince Michael Jackson and uh, Blanket were kids. And, like, I mean, Michael Jackson was the most famous person in the world, like, without a doubt. And, like, he had to put literal blankets and, like, sheets over his kids. Um, I think... People like the Kardashians or, you know, who have fame, who come from, you know, reality TV fame, it's a little bit different. They're playing a different game. They're playing a different game than the superstars like Michael Jackson or Beyonce who... Yeah. Not that, not that people like the Kardashians aren't talented, but their fame isn't predicated on some sort of, you know, quote-unquote natural talent that they have. So, like they're doing this to be famous like they're famous for being famous and that's their game whereas like someone like michael jackson or carrie washington she's famous for being an actress and participating right. in a different form a different art form um absolutely they're both performative arts in my opinion but like very different and they hold different you know types of clout in different circles or whatever but you know kim and kanye i think they know there's no way that their kids are not going to be photographed. So they're like, well, I might as well dress my kid really cute and embrace it. But they can, you know, they can do that. Someone like Kerry Washington can't really do that. It wouldn't work and it wouldn't feel true or genuine to her personality, I don't think, if she were to, like, embrace it. So it makes more sense for her to want to, like, hide her kid. And I totally think there should be regulations around taking photographs of children, minors, Mm -hmm. you know. For sure. For sure. And to just derail us once more before we get back to the episode and talk about a moment in tabloid time. Um, so do you remember before Matt Bomer came out, um, he was actually photographed with his kids at a mall, but no one at the time knew that he was married or that he had kids or like people knew, but it wasn't like out there as part of like the Matt Bomer, the actor narrative. And so there were these these photos of him hanging out with his kids, and people were like speculating as to like his relationship to the children. Um, and people were like, "Well, those are j- those those could be just like random kids <laughs> that he's unaffiliated with." What I um, do not remember, and I just this. I remember this because I remember it being so strange just because like 
I had already seen the dots connected between like Matt Bomer and like his partner and like uh, this like birth announcement, whatever. Um, and I remember like this is honestly getting into creepy territory just as far as like my ability to cyberstalk people. But I remember that there were all of these people who kept insisting like that Matt Bomer was straight and that he didn't have kids and like I it was so weird um to think about probably because that that must have been such a breaking point in his career to move from someone who could um kind of exclude his family as part of his professional narrative to like being photographed in public that's so strange. I don't remember that. I feel like maybe as far as Matt Bomber goes, I, I do remember when he like came out or whatever, you know, announced that he was with his partner or whatever. And so I guess I do remember a time when he, you know, wasn't out or whatever publicly, but I don't remember those photos. That's crazy. And also like, yeah, I, it's funny that he went to the, to the mall, um, like that was another another thing about this episode. Chloe said that she missed going to the mall and like going to the food court, which is like a normal suburban teen thing to do. We've all done it. We've all enjoyed it. Whatever. But like, yeah. if I were famous, I'd be so happy to never have to shop at a mall again. To be able to go I to know. boutique stores to have someone else do my shopping for me. Like, are you kidding? I would live if I didn't oh have to go God. to the mall. Give me a. Every time I go there, I'm like having all of these weird flashbacks to middle school and like being uncomfortable and I'm Ugh. always overheated and I'm always starving. That's so real. Yeah, that's so real. I have to return a lipstick to Sephora and I've been putting it off for weeks because I don't want to drive to the suburbs. I don't want to park in the mall parking lot. And I don't want to like be around children. Oh man, that's the other big thing. Cause I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not a mall rat, but I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like a completely reluctant mall goer. Like sometimes it feels good to have a day, a, a basic day where I get up and I go to Starbucks and I go to the mall and I walk around and I buy some shit at some store that, you know, probably uses like sweatshop labor whatever because that's all I can afford and I walk around Real? and I have an Annie Ann's pretzel and I like you know like Ugh. I do the whole thing and sometimes your my soul needs that you know my soul needs that that sort of day but the fact that I, Honestly, I have to do that yeah. I don't like that I have to do that if I were famous I wouldn't have to do that I'd have someone doing shit for me like going to specific stores on like Fifth Avenue or whatever you know, or on Rodeo I don't know what wherever rich people shop and I wouldn't have to deal with people everywhere you know honestly probably I think the number one benefit of being famous is not having to see people you don't want to see that's so real you know like if you're rich you can just be like I don't want to see you and I do not have to that's so real all of my desires in this world um, in any case, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie do depart for the Beverly uh, Hills Hilton um, in the middle of the tour, and they just, like, make a break for it off of this bus and just sprint for the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> I think it and, – and it's funny because I didn't realize that paparazzi were not allowed at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and that's why they went. Um, I didn't realize that there were places, like, the paparazzi weren't allowed, to be honest. I mean, sure, they're I mean, not allowed inside. All, yeah. I think if it's all private property, yeah, then, then like, that can be enforced. That's um, interesting. But, again, it's so – yeah. Well, it's so interesting to think that, like, there are celebrities who definitely choose not to go to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Do you know what I mean? Like, they go to mm -hmm. Chateau Marmont. Yeah, that is really interesting. Or like in New York, because I lived a block away from the Bowery Hotel. And since I I guess maybe the sidewalk that's like right in front of the door, I'm assuming is constitutes like private property. But like all they had to do, there were paparazzi there all the time. All they had to do was step like right off the edge of the sidewalk. And they were, you know, they were able to take pictures and it is honestly crazy how fast they show up somewhere i'm gonna be honest because i've seen it and it's so wild to me like just tbt i'm probably gonna bring this up more times before we finish recording 
all I'm these episodes. I'm so ready. The time that I met Harry Styles, I'm just saying, I was walking past the Bowery Hotel. There was no one there. It was just him, Alexa Chung, and two tall blonde women who I assume are models or whatever. And they were standing outside of the Bowery Hotel, outside of Gemma, which is the restaurant attached right next to it. And there was no mm-hmm. one on the street. Like, it was a quiet night on the Bowery. No one was there. Like, even fans. There were no fans. And then I stopped and got my picture. And immediately, his car pulled up. A bunch of paparazzi were taking photos. And then, like, 20 fans came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So, like, I can only imagine what oh it's like in, you know, Los Angeles. Because I feel like in New York, the paparazzi don't bother people as much. And they're not as... You know, like, people don't bother famous people as much as they do in California, in Los Angeles. But, right, like, right. I can't imagine what it must be like for them to jump off of that bus and all of a sudden, like, you know, 20 different paparazzi are there. Yeah, I I really can't imagine. Although I do reap the benefits of those photos so frequently in my day-to-day life. And I question my own ethical relationship to that industry maybe not as much as i should (laughs) i know but i mean that's why i i really did find that spencer pratt interview interesting because you know he brought up a, a few interesting points about how they have agencies and like these publicists and agents and what reps or whatever they doubt if the if a celebrity is going to be at a certain place he's like you you better believe they've already contacted their their like favorite agency and told them that they're going to be there so like a lot of times they are tipped off by the person themselves you know do you remember when chris pine and olivia munn just started dating and then she went to cvs and was photographed emerging from cvs with this clear plastic bag where you could clearly visibly see that she had a box of condoms in that bag no, but I'm Googling this right now. What? I can't remember that. <gasps> yeah. The one- it was just so transparent. <laughs> my fa- Speaking of transparent paparazzi photos, my favorite one, or not my favorite, but like one of my favorites that, again, I have like, if I question like consuming these images and how ethical they are, it makes or not ethical. It makes me feel really sad. But like, remember when Hillary Duff announced or Hillary Duff's boyfriend, the <gasps> hockey player, proposed to her, and so I guess she rewarded yes! him by giving him a blowjob. And there are paparazzi photos of this, and it's just like, I love Hillary Duff. Like I really do love Hillary Duff, and I I just mm-hmm. and. I feel bad because it's like she's participating in an act with another person that she didn't think would be photographed and distributed. So I feel Yeah, I mean, she bad, was getting engaged. <laughs> but it's also like, that's hilarious to me. That's so funny. You know what one of my favorites is? Whenever Lindsay Lohan would get in trouble in the late 2000s, she would do these photo shoots where she would be like holding a book, often about just like self-improvement or like recovering from like drug and alcohol addiction there was definitely one time though where she was holding the book upside down <laughs> Lindsay. oh i know well and, and last one another iconic um <laughs> pap shot it's not really anything special i just love it when jake gyllenhaal and kirsten dunce were dating i guess and she's like eating a salad it's the most basic like oh <laughs> Like, not much is going on in that photo, but it's just so, it's right, it it was, I guess, mid-2000s, I'm not sure when that was, but it was yeah, before she disappeared that was, like, the peak of, like, that was the peak of celebrities being photographed while eating salad. Oh, I'm looking at these pictures right now, and I love it. Maybe it was early 2000s. Honestly, I miss Kirsten Dunst. I know that she's back on Fargo, which I don't watch, but I do. Oh, it's really good. I do want to watch it, and I did miss her. Do you remember that Heidi Montag shoot where she um, brought a chair out to the sidewalk in order to cry about her album flopping? Oh, my God. No. But... What? How do you not remember? This is like I'm, one of the most iconic 
like staged paparazzi photos of all time right now oh my god Heidi is born September 15th she's a Virgo okay yes I definitely remember this picture I've seen this photo oh oh thank god Spencer the thing is that Spencer and Heidi are actually perfect for one another so like I know much like Kim and Kanye honestly Mm. oh my god okay (laughs) let's get back on track and let's talk about the B the B plot for shenanigans this episode, which was Chris roller skating, her knee problem, and boy toy Corey Gamble. Yeah, Chris had apparently had knee surgery a couple years ago, and every time she and Corey do anything together, as Kim says, it's ninety percent what Chris wants to do and like ten percent what Corey wants to do, and so Kim has to mediate and, you know tell Chris that when Corey says that he doesn't want to go shopping and he wants to go roller skating, that she should just go roller skating. But Chris is like, I had knee surgery. I could hurt myself. Remember when Chloe broke her arm when she was like five? Like, totally not related, but like, that's her reasoning right, for not right. and then to go skating. Corey points out that Chris goes skiing. Right. MJ was like, We're, we ski, we ice skate. And it's like, I feel like what's coded in that conversation is like, we are elite and we only participate in recreational activities that are deemed elite activities that cost a shit ton of money, like That's skiing true. or That's ice skating real. or whatever, you know, something that you have to go to Aspen to do or Vail, which is where they will be going in this season's vacation episode. Yes. But that was what I got from that conversation. And Corey was like, no, we're going to go roller skating. It's $10 and I'll bring the whole family, you know. Mhm. I don't know. And um yeah, and they there's this whole lead up where Chris doesn't want to go, doesn't want to go, doesn't want to go, and then they go and Chris falls on her ass once and then does this talking head segment where she's like, "I fell, but I'm okay and I'm so glad to be having fun with my family." <laughs> We should do more stuff like this. And that's it. That is, well, and then Kim skates by and says, I'm not going to let you drag me down. (laughs) (laughs) Which was funny. Kim is really good at roller skating, first of all. I I noticed that. And, um, yes. Yeah, no. Chris, I was, I mean, it was a fun little B plot. It was definitely more interesting than the, the C plot of Scott feeling lonely and left out. But one of my favorite parts before this all even got started, I guess this was at the beginning of the episode was when Corey was reluctantly antique shopping with Chris and he put his arm around her and said, you're my little antique. Like, Oh my God. Why would you oh say my God. that? And she was like, is this a compliment? And he was like, yeah, oh not realizing what he had said. When you are the May in a May-December relationship, you can't make comments like that. You cannot make comments like that. Chris Jenner is like 60 years old. She is not going to take, she does, she doesn't, she's not going to enjoy that, that sort of comment from her like 35-year-old boyfriend. No. Like, <laughs> no, it was just so weird and hilarious. And he clearly didn't understand the problem. <sighs> Their relationship just remains bizarre. <laughs> I know. I still don't understand like, it. He's been, he's been on the show for like two or three seasons at this point. And I still feel like they're trying to sell us Corey Gamble, the boyfriend. And I don't see it. I don't buy it. There's nothing to buy into. I know. I mean, honestly, watching this episode, the fact that he had as big of a role in this episode as he did it got me thinking like there's at the when he said that at the end I noticed he was like I love you and Chris was like love you too and I was like that's so weird that they would even say that they I felt like it was weird that they would say that they love each other I don't know like what is going on well and like two episodes ago Kim said that Corey like lives with Chris that's insane Corey never appears in their Snapchats. Where is he? What kind of sex are they having that it's like this good? You know what I mean? Like he has to be getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. His contract must be huge. Oh, absolutely. Oh, 
Absolutely. But anyway, still more interesting but, than the C plot. Like I said, Scott feeling lonely and left out. Like I feel for him, but I also This is a like, major callback to previous seasons though, when they would do the like Scott is misunderstood story that we've heard before. Right. And there was even a point where after um dinner to celebrate Robert Sr.'s birthday, Scott and Lamar were sitting next to each other and Scott was like I mean, you know, I was in rehab before. It's tough, man. And it was like this weird throwaway comment where he's like reminding Lamar that he went to rehab. And then, I don't know, his... It's such a staged conversation. Like, I totally believe that they probably talked about going through these really similar experiences. But the producers definitely sat them down together and were like... And now we just need you guys to have a natural conversation about, you know, what you've been through and just sit side by side and we'll set the camera up here. And like, Scott, if you could storm out of dinner, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, that's what I got from that. And he, I mean, Courtney didn't even speak to him like at all. She sat right next to him at dinner. She didn't say a word. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, and then, okay, and then we saw, like, my less favorite side of Chloe, where she was just like, why doesn't Scott try harder? Like, I know his parents are dead, but he could try. And it's like, Chloe, I don't really know if you know what Scott's going through. And it's clear that she was definitely the driving force behind this entire episode. Because she was kind of, like, the only one talking to him at dinner. She was like, Scott, how the hell are you? How's the house? How's the kids? Blah, blah, blah. You know? Um, And she had... I feel like if we did a, like, a, a count of how many minutes she got in the confessional booth for this episode, she definitely had the most um, out of anyone. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, it was weird for her to say those things because she know like they have to all know he's going through he's having a rough time both of his parents are dead his girlfriend of like 12 years is no longer in a relationship with him he barely sees his three kids like he's i'm assuming struggling with addiction issues since he brought it up i mean i mean chloe's comments just smack of that whole like if you're depressed why don't you try yoga kind of mentality Yeah, and it, but I wonder if she really believes that, though. It had to have been a line fed to her by the producers, right? Because, like, I don't know. She and Scott have, like, I always assumed that they kind of had a a special relationship. Like, they're really good friends, and, like. Well, but Chloe also hated Scott for quite a while. That's true. I mean, they had, I guess I'm just thinking about their very short-lived, uh, Show didn't they have a show together? A radio show they did. That was I think while they were in the Hamptons, which was a really dark time for Scott. Mm, yes, very dark, very dark. <clears throat> I think like I don't know. It was unfortunate because Chloe, Chloe clearly is, you know, like I said, the driving force behind this episode, and she sort of leads all of the plots except for the one with Corey and Chris. That's Kim's job. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's a little, it's, yeah, it's unfair to Scott. He's going through a lot. He has no family. He barely sees his children. He's not in like a healthy relationship. He's talking to Lamar about what it's like to be in rehab. Like Mm -hmm. he's going through a lot. But I, I will say though, like, this sort of, I don't know, this plot in the episode, it not that it stuck out, but it was just kind of boring to me. Like, yeah, nothing about it made me really care. We've heard it before. Uh, but then it does get tied into the, the A plot when Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie come back and they're taking their makeup off. And then Kim and Scott walk in and they're like, oh, this looks so fun. And then Scott does like a talking heads where he's like, yeah, I'm going to put in more of an effort to do these fun things with this family. 
because <sighs> right this he, is, yeah. he sees them having fun and he's like i'm gonna participate and it's you know whatever and, and he and kim were genuinely laughing at the videos i think but like and it seemed a little forced yeah well i just think whenever there's like an issue like like this in the show that they wrap up in a single episode the onus is always on the person who's been hurt to like make things better with the person who hurt them do you know what i mean like when kendall was feeling left out she was like oh i have to like tell people when i'm in town yeah or when like chris crosses a boundary someone has to do a talking head segment where they're like i need to appreciate my mother more like that's always how it goes the onus is always on like the person who has been wrong to take the high road which i think is manipulative bullshit i am pro grudges in in everything more or less (laughs) yeah no i mean it makes for good television definitely when there is one (laughs) so maybe we'll see that they, they, they always resolve them so quickly i know i know but i mean again we saw in the season premiere that you know when they do leave threads hanging the media can't take it and they're suddenly like chloe and caitlin haven't talked in months even though it gets resolved in the next episode right speaking of um caitlin yes (laughs) she makes an interesting this interesting appearance in this episode the weirdest one-off so weird like she comes to visit kim and she has a present for kim it's a wood sculpture of kim's ass i don't like, know if it's kim's ass. ass it might just be a random sculpture and then they pretended like they could swipe a credit card through it <laughs> And then Caitlin was like, I brought a wine glass because you could mount. I didn't know if you'd want me to, but if you want me to, Kim, I can mount this on there to, you know, uh, to honor her paper, her iconic Break the Internet paper magazine cover. (sighs) Yes. But it's just so weird and also seems like tacky and not like something Kim would want in her house. I think Kim likes the thought, you know, I think. She's down with that, but I think that is going in a storage unit to never be seen again. Never. But the weirdest part was when they turned the sculpture around and Kim was like, whoa, I think we need to shave off some of the vagina there. It looks like it's kind of in between. And then Caitlin was like, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, that's me. Ha ha ha. And the two of them were laughing about it, but I felt really uncomfortable. And I'm sure like a lot of what was said was like edited out so we don't get to see yeah, the rest of their conversation, but it seemed so out of place and so yeah. weird and like I mean, it just seems ooh. like it was cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like Caitlin and Cam have that kind of relationship where they can talk about like caitlin's physicality like it really seems like they really connect on that level but it's super weird it's not weird it's it feels out of place considering that caitlin has not disclosed what types of uh gender affirming surgery she's had and she doesn't need to um and i think there's a lot of really important discourse surrounding why trans people don't need to to you know, tell cis people that it's, it's no one's, none it's, of our it's business. No one's biz- it doesn't have to be anyone's business. Exactly. But it definitely feels but like... It just seemed weird. It seemed all out of character. Yeah. Well, it seems just like something the producers threw in there like, haha, remember, that still happened. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of... Yeah, it's none it of our business. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh my god! Yeah, it was just super awkward and weird, and and they and they they glossed over it so quickly. I know it was like immediately. And after then that, Caitlin does we, not we appear in the rest the of the episode. I'm assuming at this time that she filmed that she was also filming "I Am Kate," which like got horrible reviews. I'm not sure if it's going to get a season, a third season. I don't watch it. I don't either. I watched some of the first season. It's boring. It's not interesting. Um, 
Well, I was more interested in the show when she was like maybe dating Candace. Yeah, it's it's boring to me, and I w- I do want to see more of Caitlyn on the show because she used to be on it a lot, you know. And she's still very much a part of their yeah. lives. Well, and she used to be like the voice right. of reason in a lot of this exactly. stuff. Exactly. So I don't know. I miss having her on there. I wish that we could have gotten a little bit of a longer scene. And I do really like seeing her and Kim's relationship because I think that they they really vibe. They really connect. And Kim seems to have been the most understanding since, you know, the beginning of this whole thing. And so like... I wish we could see more of her, and I don't know if she will be on the next episode or two episodes, but, like, I'm just saying that was a really weird moment. <laughs> yeah. It it was a really strange choice on the part of whoever edited this episode. But let's get into the power rankings. Uh, spoiler alert, Caitlin does not rank this week because she's not really present. But... Unsurprisingly, Scott is coming in last on power rankings. He is depressed. He is, and I mean, I don't blame him, but he's, you know, mostly just there. Yeah, Scott's, he's having a rough time, and that's why Courtney comes directly above him at number seven, because I think she also is having a bit of a rough time. She didn't even speak this episode. I don't think she spoke once. Maybe she did, but I don't remember. I think she kind of defended Scott a little bit to Chloe. Oh, you know what she did? And was like, he's having she a hard time. She did talk a lot yeah. about Chloe's pillows, because <laughs> Chloe loves pillows, apparently. <laughs> but I love pillows, too, so like... I'm on Chloe's side. That's real. I have five pillows and I sleep on a twin bed alone. No shame. Yeah. Coming in at number six right above Courtney is uh, Kris Jenner because she has a a knee surgery problem or whatever. (laughs) But you know what? She doesn't injure herself. And for that... You know, she gets a place on this list. That's true. I mean, her storyline was boring, but it was the shenanigans that I asked for, and I I very much appreciate that. That's real. That's real. And then coming in above Chris is Kendall, who is embarrassed, but having some fun with her sisters, you know? Getting Subway. Going on a star tour. Um, you know, yelling out to the tour guide that he is wrong about Tyga. You know, I think it's a good day in the life of Kendall. And she goes to Rome for the first time at the beginning of this episode. She does, which I almost don't believe that she's never been to Rome before. I mean, maybe. Maybe she's never been to Rome. She's surely been to the country of Italy. She's definitely been to Milan. I, if... I will not buy that she has not been to the country of Italy. Yeah, no, it's a pretty good pretty good episode for Kendall. Not much happens, positive or negative, but it seems like she's doing all right. And she got her family to come visit her at her condo. That's so. true. That's a major goal for Kendall. That's an improvement. Uh, coming in above Kendall is Kylie, who is also on this wild ride uh, with her sisters. She's having quite a time with it. She's the one who suggests that they Snapchat. Um, you know, she's all in. Not as all in as Chloe, though. Chloe's having the time of her life. <laughs> <laughs> she lives for this shit. She lives for it. She really does. It's performative. It's fun. Like good episode for Kylie. So, Chloe's going to come in at number 3 because she also is kind of having the time of her life. She's orchestrating everything in this whole episode. She went all the way with the prosthetics, like she she went all the way. She's having a good time. She's, you know, encouraging Kendall and Kylie to have fun, but she's also um sort of ragging you know ragging on scott which is kind of shitty but like she's moving the plot forward i think like this was a pretty good episode she and lamar were friendly 
She's having a good time. It was really cute when Lamar called her and she was in that makeup. And she was like, Lammy, it's me. It was so cute. He had I was no like, please idea. don't divorce. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Coming in right above Chloe is Kim Kardashian West moved into her new house, graciously accepting Caitlyn's gifts, telling Chris that she has to be accommodating with her boy toy, telling Chris that she will not be taken down by Chris's poor skating skills. She is the most poised one in this whole episode. She really is. Um, I mean, she had the braids again for half the episode, but she let her hair down when she went roller skating and she changed up her outfit. She wore that like green jacket, which I was a fan of. Um, she was really good at roller yes. skating. I think she brought North with her, right? She did. She did. And she was like teaching North to roller skate. I want to see some roller derby in North's future, honestly. Mm, yes. What if Northwest turns out to be like a huge athlete? What if she's like a, where she's like an Olympic athlete, like Caitlin? That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be like very Gigi Hadid. Mm, yes, yes. But coming in at number one, another K name, Carl Lagerfeld, doing a huge favor for Kris Jenner and appearing on this episode completely unwilling to say anything on camera <laughs> you can tell he did not want to participate at all but for whatever reason he loves kendall i'm i mean i don't know I, that's the only reason i could think of for him to participate and show up on this episode i mean this is like maybe not bigger than anna Wintour being on the episode but it's like because you know i expect anna to show up just because of the cover that she did with Kim and Kanye, but like Carl Lagerfeld, right. the fact that he was on this episode almost makes no sense, and he knows that, and that's why he must have told them that in his contract he will not say a single word on camera. He didn't even really speak to Chris. She said that he looked great, and he was like, thank you, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, it's also, okay, it's also interesting because Andre Leon Talley was at... um kim's like pre-wedding brunch that they had at um the valentino mansion and andre leon talley had his face blurred out he was like i am not signing a release but i will attend this brunch <laughs> that's crazy these fashion people i mean i respect that so much for andre no, leon talley's brand that's so much because what do they have to gain what do they need like Andre Leon Talley on the show for and he doesn't need them you know what I mean like they're once again yes, they're playing exactly. two different games they're in two different ball games and that's totally fine and he knows Ugh. that but like damn Carl really have you powerful did not take those glasses off I know never does I know <laughs> can we talk about the fact that Chris says that she was, you know, such a fan of Carl Lagerfeld since she was um, a teenager. But at the at the time that she's referring to, presumably, um, the early 70s, Carl was doing minor collaborations with Fendi and Chloe and was primarily a costume designer. Right. He did, like, he did a lot of campy stuff and, like, you know, some fun shows but like i really don't think someone like chris jenner <laughs> would have known who carl lagerfeld was before like 1975 you know what i mean like yeah what is she talking about what exactly <laughs> there's no way exactly hate, she's, she's trying not to act like opening she's... up some obscure like french theater magazine exactly <laughs> but you know, maybe we'll see Carl in the future. Maybe he will speak some lines. Maybe he will replace Corey Gamble as a supporting cast member. We just don't know. <laughs> you never know. 
All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Um, I'm Ashley Brandt. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. I do a couple of other podcasts, including Twin Peaks Peaks, as well as Pulp, the podcast based on a true story. We just talked about Heavenly Creatures, and I literally just talked about being a lesbian for an hour, so feel free to listen to that. <laughs> um, you can find this podcast on... Um, I mean, it's on iTunes, but you can follow our accounts on Facebook as well as Twitter. Brooke has been killing it with the posts. Um, I want to shout you out for that because you really have been setting the tone for our social media presence. Oh my gosh, thank you. It is my pleasure. And I am now finished with my master's degree, so I have literally nothing else to do. (laughs) Oh, congrats. Congrats. Um, Thanks. So excited for you. Thank you. And speaking of social media, everyone, feel free to follow me <laughs> on Twitter or Instagram if you want to look at my photos at BRKMRN. It's my full name, minus all the vowels. And my Snapchat name is BMarine. Um, I've, I've, been, I've been really trying on Snap lately because I, th- I think it's one of my favorites now that Kimmy I love has all the domination of your snaps. filter. Thank you. Um, and before we go, um, if you are interested in a sponsored K-Hole Star Tour, you should rate and review us on iTunes so that more people can find our podcast and listen to us and we can get that clout we need for that sponsorship deal. Yes. And with that, thank you for listening. This has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude. <laughs>